inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining a new episode of Time to Shine. And today I'm, I'm very happy to have a person who I really admire a lot. Uh, she's uh, leading a very important cause and has amazing stories to tell us. Mina Guli is the founder and CEO of Thirst. She is a global leader, an entrepreneur, an adventurer, passionate and committed to making a difference in the world. Following a 15-year career in climate change, Mina established Thirst, a non-profit changing the way we think about water. Mina is also a keen ultra-distance athlete. In 2016, in just seven weeks, Mina ran 40 marathons across seven deserts on seven continents. In 2017, Mina ran 40 marathons in 40 days on six continents, down six of the world's great rivers to promote the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number six, water. Mina is an, acc an acclaimed public speaker and a frequent media commentator. Hello, Mina. Hello, Oscar. I mean, it's a good evening there in, in Australia. It's a really pleasure talking with you. It's a really great pleasure to speak to you too, <laughs> even though you're on the other side of the world. What kind of man? And in winter, and we're here yes. at the end of summer. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's oh. true. That's true. Also, we're in the north, you're in the south. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, please, we would like to start hearing what is your what is the journey to become an ambassador for water and everything you do today. Uh, thank you, Oscar. It's a really great pleasure, actually, to have an opportunity to speak with you um, and to share the power of storytelling with your listeners. Mm -hmm. I am a big advocate and supporter of the way that we share information, not by facts and figures, but by giving people context and telling stories the way that we've told them for millions of years. So I started on my journey. I originally am from Australia, as you pointed out, which is where I am here right now, though I've lived in various places all over the world. And in 2012, we launched a nonprofit organization that's now called the Thirst Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, the reason we started this was to create, to basically to raise awareness and create a sense of urgency towards action on fresh water. And what I realized back in 2012 is that whilst climate change may be getting front page news and while deforestation and, you know, things, things like, you know, the tearing down of our Brazilian rainforests is, is getting media attention, what's not is that our wetlands are disappearing three times faster than our forests, that by 2030 experts forecast that we'll have a 40% greater demand for water than the supply of water available. And indeed, that almost 40% of the planet of people on the planet will be suffering from some type of water scarcity. And I was so horrified that about all of this that I realized it's not, you know, you have those moments in your life when you think, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? Mm -hmm. And I had one of those moments sitting on the stage listening to all these facts and figures about water and about how important it was and how critical it was to all of our futures. And I thought to myself, I have a chance now 
to step up and act um, to do something about this. And I think that that was my first moment of, wow, this is not just an Australian issue. You know, I've grown up through drought in Australia. This is not just an Australian issue and it's not just a small isolated problem for us now. This is a systemic problem with these major facts and figures that are going to be affecting all of us forever, not just us, but generations to come. And so I started on this journey. We set up Thirst to educate kids across the world about their links to the water crisis and how they could, through sustainable promotion of sustainable consumption patterns, try to shift the way we were using and consuming water. And part of that journey was to kind of start doing these crazy running expeditions. Um, and one of them, on one of these in 2016, you've talked about them, but um, in 2016, I was at the Orange River in South Africa. And one of the local guides showed me um, where the water level was now, where it used to be. And this huge dramatic change that he said to me, this is actually caused by some of a variety of different factors. But one of them is that we have been overusing the water in this river for growing grapes. And when you run over the other side of the river, you will see the grape plantations. And sure enough, this Orange River, which runs through the middle of a massive desert in this northern part of South Africa, just on the bottom of the southern part of Namibia, demarcates the two countries. On the other side of this river, I ran through these beautiful green grape plantations consuming huge amounts of water. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, that Orange River is so low, people were walking across it. And here we are consuming this water to grow grapes in the middle of a desert where the nearest place to export these grapes is miles away over bumpy roads. These are going to be put on tables in Europe. And what are we doing to our planet? And at that moment, standing on the bank of that river, I said to myself, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And since then, I've committed my life to solving this water crisis because I really do believe that this, us, we can be the solution to this problem. Well, definitely uh, a beautiful story. And so how, how many years when this started? When I launched Thirst, I launched mm -hmm. Thirst in 2012. Mm. Yeah, so it's all, um, yeah, almost 10 years already. Yeah, mm. it's almost 10 years. But, um, only since 2016 have I been running. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And in this in this journey of almost 10 years, as you said, what has been your main, the, the achievements that you are most proud of? Um, I think the easy thing that most people expect me to say is that, um, you know, I, in order to really create this, uh, raise awareness, to create this sense of urgency and drive action, I ran 40 marathons across seven deserts on, in seven weeks. Um, so I've run across the Antarctica, the Atacama, amazing things that I've seen around the world in deserts. And then a year later, I ran 40 marathons in 40 days down rivers like the Amazon and the Nile. And again, was really exposed to these massive water problems. Mm -hmm. And then a year after, a couple of years, no, a year after that, well, it feels like a couple of years, but um, <laughs> I tackled 100 marathons in 100 days across the world to do what we call an expedition called running dry. And for me, those things, I think it's funny because people expect me to stand up and talk about those things and go, yeah, those are the things I'm most proud of. But sometimes what's most obvious is not what's true. And I can tell you that whilst I'm proud of those achievements, 
I'm not proud because I did them. In fact, I've got to have a look at pictures in books and pictures in the news and things to remind myself that I've done it. Actually, the thing that I'm really most proud of is the community of everyday water advocates in over 190 countries and territories that have grown up alongside not only these runs, but in the time since we finished running dry and who are really taking meaningful action to help us to solve the world's water crisis. I think that's what I'm most proud of. I'm proud of the individuals, the communities. I'm proud of the stories that everybody is sharing online. I'm proud of people stepping up and stepping out and saying, this is an issue which affects us too, and we want to be part of the solution. And it's amazing. But I have to tell you, Oscar, Mm -hmm. we still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I can't say that I'm really, you know, yes, I'm a, a... I'm really proud of these things, but I still look at the opportunity we have in front of us to solve this problem once and for all. And so, you know, it's an issue that needs urgent attention and it needs immediate action by all of us, by individuals, by businesses, by governments. You know, I mentioned before some of these stats are just really scary. I've, I've met women and girls who are spending hours each day going to fetch water. I ran through a town in South Africa where there's, it's literally run out of water. And on my run, we took big containers of water out to local com- the people living in the local communities so that they had water. And we handed them to kids who'd stayed home from school while they were waiting for the water truck to come. And when we left, fights broke out on the street behind us when they realised there wasn't enough water to go around. Water scarcity is a major problem facing all of us. And that is something that we can solve. We, the community, we, the people, we, government officials, we, CEOs of major organisations. And I think that the thing I, I hope when we speak in maybe 10 years from now, I hope mm-hmm. that I will be able to turn back and go, the thing, the achievement I'm most proud of is that our community stepped up and together we solved the water crisis. Exactly. Yeah, I, I could see, of course, I've been following you the, the, the last years and I could see that well, it looks like a big, a very active community that is uh, with you in, in the runs and, uh, and all the activities to, uh, to show this, this big problem. Could you tell us now how you became a public speaker? Uh, yeah. You know, some people like put on their CVs or, you know, your job is I'm a public speaker. I don't think of myself as a public speaker. I am just someone who's speaking up because I believe that together we can help to solve the world's water crisis. And I believe sometimes we need to step up to represent the issue that we care about and we have to step up to make sure our voices are heard and we have to somehow sometimes step up on behalf of others who don't have the voice that they need. And, you know, over the years, as you know, I've had enormous privilege to speak on the topic of water at a variety of different influential events. I've spoken at the UN, I've spoken at the World Economic Forum, I've spoken to media from around the world, um, the New York Times, BBC, CNN, BBC and, and things, and that's been amazing. But I don't look at this as an opportunity to promote myself. I think, you know, we're talking about storytelling. I look at these platforms as an opportunity to tell the stories of the people who don't have the opportunity to be there to be able to talk about what happened in South Africa when I went to see this community, to talk about meeting farmers, next-generation farmers, who tell me, standing in the middle of a dry dam, telling me, 
what hope do we have to pray for rain or to leave our farms? These are kids like early 20s. This is not their future. We should be thinking about all kinds of opportunities, not costs of living. And that's, you know, just having an opportunity at these incredible forums to, to share these stories is really just something that I consider myself really honoured and just a huge opportunity and I'm immensely grateful for it. But speaking of big events, there is a huge event coming up, mm-hmm. um, a very critical event coming up on water. It's the UN Water United Nations Water Conference. It's being held on March in March of 2023 in New York City and it's the first conference in almost 50 years. It's extremely significant um, and very, very important. And my goal is to make sure that over the next 14 months I'm on my A game for public speaking, mm-hmm. and that is because we have an opportunity to really move the needle on water, like to not only create the sense of awareness and urgency and action amongst individuals and amongst our community in over 190 countries, but actually to get key industry and business bodies, NGOs, government officials to actually step up and commit to taking meaningful action on water. And what I want to do is to make that happen by the time we get to this big UN conference in 2023. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. And yeah, I'm I'm really happy that you stepped up to to become, yeah, to to speak about this in bigger and bigger uh, audiences. So that's that's super, super important. I'm sure many people who are listening to us are getting more inspired to, yeah, to speak up about Causes like water or other ones that are important for 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 the societies. So, based on your experience, for instance, speaking in, in big uh, in big events, but also um, communicating in in the social media uh, through your communities, build uh, building and making your community uh, grow and grow. For for someone who would like to also help you to spread the word about your cause or pick up about other important causes. So what is the advice you would give to someone who wants to communicate Yeah, a good cause like yours? Yeah, Oscar, I think that there's three things here um, that I think are important. The first one is I really think it's important to lead with stories. We've talked about this a couple of times mm-hmm. just in this conversation. I think storytelling is an incredibly powerful way to engage people so I really encourage everybody to share information, not by facts and figures on a page, but by bringing these facts and figures to life using real examples of people and experiences to help portray a message. And I think that um, in the context of water, for example, helping all of us understand or put be put in the shoes of some of these people who are facing everyday water challenges is really core to get a message across. I think it's easy to tell people where to go it's much harder but much more powerful to take them with you so for example instead of telling people water is scarce like I've done this a couple of times even in this conversation Mm -hmm. I hope people have realized the difference right so I started Mm -hmm. off telling you facts and figures okay Oscar did you know that our wetlands are disappearing three times faster than our forests oh did you know 40%. Like you won't remember those facts and figures. Well, you will now because I've repeated them. But if I just send them the first time, you and your listeners would have gone, oh, that's nice. But you can probably remember that I 
stopped in one of my runs to give big bottles of water to those kids who'd stayed home from school waiting for the trucks to deliver the water. Mm-hmm. Right. So the storytelling is incredibly powerful and much more powerful and sticky than facts and figures on a page. So the first the thing the first tip that I would say is lead with stories. I think the second one is something which is really important especially if you're speaking in different environments and that is knowing your audience. So understanding who your audience is and being able to tailor the speech to them is really really important. So in my case getting people to see water in a way that's relevant to them and making it stick is really important. So for example, if I'm speaking in Australia, using facts and figures from and stories from the other side of the world is much less powerful than stories that people can connect with. Mm-hmm. So for example, speaking to CEOs about um, water sanitation and hygiene problems on the other side of the planet, which they think is not part of their supply chains and doesn't make an impact and they just sit there and go, oh, that's nice. That well, Usually what they do is they say, oh, gosh, that's terrible. But that's someone else's problem. It's not mine. So if I'm trying to drive home that we're all connected to the water issue, I'm much better off explaining to people that water is hidden inside everything we use, we buy and we consume every single day. So, for example, Oscar, right now the clothing that you've got on, like the pants, the shirt, nice outfit, just mm-hmm. that one outfit took more water to make than all the water you will drink before you're 40 years old, right, just one outfit. And the mm-hmm. thing about that is not only is that information now personal to you because you're now connected to the water that goes into all of these things, but if you're a CEO, you look at it and you say, Maybe you're the CEO of a textile manufacturing facility and you look at it and think, gosh, I wonder where my cotton comes from. I wonder how exposed I am to water risk. So all of a sudden, instead of water being an esoteric issue on the other side of the planet, it's meaningful to me. So this is the second thing, which is knowing your audience. And then I think the third thing, which is so underrated but so important, is practising your presentation. I know it's like totally cheesy, but (laughs) it's actually really important because practice makes perfect. And I have to tell you, Oscar, I am a little bit of an A-type perfectionist personality. So I do think that practicing and working on your presentation is really, really important. But I also think you can't take too much advice from everybody else. You really need to be yourself. And, you know, you're, I love the name of your podcast, like Time to Shine, Thank because you. everybody who has an opportunity to stand on the stage really has an opportunity to shine, like let your personality come through. People are there to hear what you have to say, not someone else, you, your stories, your messages, your information. And I think it's sometimes easy to forget that, especially if you're feeling a bit nervous or anxious and suddenly you start to try to be other people. But be yourself, practice your presentation and be yourself. So those are the three things leading with stories, knowing your audience, and practicing your presentation. Mm. Yeah, thank, thank you very much for your, your three pieces of advice. Definitely super important. Stories is super powerful, no, no doubt. And yeah, you show us already in this conversation how powerful it can be, as see many people will remember uh, the stories you mentioned. Uh, yeah, know your audience, of course. And yeah, practice, especially build, build a, yeah, this better version of yourself. So it's... You, you 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 communicate effectively in your own in your own style being yourself as you said so fantastic thank you very much
Mina, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Uh, yes. Um, okay, so my favorite quotation is actually something that um, when someone tweeted towards the end of my run. Um, actually, Oscar, really, truthfully, I have two. Um, one is not <laughs> oh, probably three. Oh, I'm now can have more. Okay, Oscar, I'm just going to tell you what they are. The first one is something I remind myself every day, which is no excuses. Mm. It's not really a quotation, so it's a bit of a cheat, but I'm just going to tell you I think it's really important because too easy, you can turn around and go, oh, it's dark, it's cold, I don't want to go yes. for a run. But the reality <laughs> is no excuses, no excuses to stand on a stage, no excuses to do anything. I, one of the first, in fact, I can tell you the, the, The first time I stood on the stage and I got really properly exposed to water, I said no. I didn't want to moderate this conversation. It was a big um, global organization. They asked me to moderate a conversation about water. I said, don't know anything about this. I'm not going to do it. And you know what they said to me? No excuses. Mm. And the reality is that's, they're right. You know, no excuses. Oh, I don't know it. I can't do it. Oh, I don't feel comfortable doing it. My leg is sore. It's, I want to sleep in. I'm really tired. No excuses. I think that's one. The second one is um, something that someone said to me, one of my friends said to me, which is a bit of a philosophy for how I live life, like go big or go home. I think that's really important. I know a lot of people say that, but I think that, you know, at some point in life you've got to live. And for me it's go big or go home, like go solve this crisis, um, do whatever it takes, but think big. But the thing that I really want to say is my favorite quotation is something that um, someone tweeted towards the end of my runs. And when I was trying to set, when I set out to run 100 marathons in 100 days, and they tweeted this individually, you can make an impact, but together we can change the world. Hmm. And that has guided me in everything I do and everything I've built. And it's really core to everything I am. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for sharing three of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah, right? Sorry, I know you asked for one, but you know, it's me. So you're always going to get more than one. Sorry. Fantastic. Yeah. Go big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The three are really, yeah, are, I know, flashing in my mind right now. So I'm not going to easily, easily forget. Thank you for that. Could you, for our listeners who are avid readers also, could you recommend us one book that has, particularly inspire you or influence you? This is really cheesy. Like you're getting like all the cheesy stuff that you say. So no. um, <laughs> there is a book that one of my friends and now advisors wrote and it's called Water. I know it's really corny. Like, of course, I pick like my favorite book. Oh, yes, it's really inspired me and it's called Water. No, no, mm -hmm. seriously, it's um, by a guy called Giulio Boccoletti. And he writes about the history of water, which sounds, when he first told me he was writing this book, I was like, oh, my goodness, Julio, I love you and you're amazing. But how could you make the history of water be interesting? Oh, Oscar is addictive, this <sighs> book. It is so fascinating. It is, the, he, Julio creates this story about water and its power and where it came from and It's not like, oh, the mole it's a molecule. No, no, no. It's all the stories about how it was so, water is so critical to different religions and communities and societies, everything from the ancient Greeks to the ancient Romans to how societies were constructed and failed. 
And it's a really, really interesting, completely fascinating book that makes you just look at the world a little bit differently. So I really I strongly recommend people to read it. Again, it's called Water and it's by um, Giulio Boccoletti. And I'm sure, Oscar, you can put this in the show notes or something. You can make a link to it. But um, it's a really good book. Absolutely. And even if you don't want to read the whole thing from cover to cover, it's one of those books you just dip in and dip out. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know how to tell stories, oh, Julio is a consummate storyteller. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I will will add to the show notes. Yeah, and I will read that book definitely. (laughs) Sounds really captivating. I'm super interested in learning more, of course, about water. Um, well, finally, could you could you leave us with an exercise, something practical that you would recommend us doing uh, regularly, a routine to shine? Yes. So I was thinking about this and I thought to myself, actually, the thing that I recommend is something all your listeners are doing now and it's listening. Mm. Listening not just to others but to ourselves and to our heart. Listening not to people, just to people, but to our planet. One of my most favorite times of the day is to go for a run really early in the morning when the sun is breaking over the horizon. And I listen to the planet waking up, not only to the birds and the big sounds, but also to the small sounds, the leaves rustling, my feet on the pavement, the wind rustling past my ears. I feel things like the sun on my on my skin and it helps me to really hear the sounds of the planet. And I think that listening, whilst it's a really simple task because we all think we do it daily, the reality is taking impact of what we hear is really important and figuring out from a speaking perspective, thinking about how we can share what we've heard with others in the most meaningful and impactful way, I think is a really good way to practice like becoming and shining a speaker and a communicator. Mm, yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, that good also. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, when you wake up early in the morning and go to, to run or to walk, and when things are very still, very quiet, there's not the, the noise of the middle of the day, yeah, and, and and capture those moments, uh, really sense them with your uh, with your ears. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, exactly, Oscar. Even sometimes the smallest, simplest messages, the smallest, simple things that we do in life can teach us things. Teach us things that we can communicate on a stage or communicate to others. And I think sometimes we forget. We forget to listen, and we mm. we instead of using our ears, we use our mouths too much. <laughs> So I think it's a good a good experience to listen. Yeah, that's a good one as well. You, we use our mouths much more than our ears. Well, <laughs> it's very true. It's yeah. very true. Well, thank you very much, Mina. It was really inspiring having this conversation with you. Please let us know actually when when are the next uh, activities coming in. Uh, early this year, there was the wetlands run. Please tell us what is coming next and what are other ways people can uh, follow you, get in touch with you. Yes. Um, so, um, speaking of action, if you want to do something um, to help, later this month we have World Water Day, which is the 22nd of March, and the theme this year is groundwater. So, basically, it's about t- making invisible water visible. So, it's the ground, the water that runs in, underneath the surface mm-hmm. of the planet, but actually that's like kind of like a bank. 
So, you know, that's our bank. And when we take too much out, we go into debt and then we have problems later. So what we're doing this year um, is to organize a world water run. It's virtual. So you can run or walk anywhere, anytime and any day from the 16th of March up until World Water Day, which is on the 22nd of March, and help us to raise awareness for water, especially precious groundwater. So you can register. It's free. Um, anyone can join. The more people that join, the better. Um, it's at worldwaterrun.com. So you can go online and register. It just takes 30 seconds um, to, to sign up. And also, uh, I can't give too much away, but um, we have some really big plans for World Water Day. And I definitely encourage you, Oscar, and all of your listeners to follow Thirst and to follow me on social media. So you'll be the first to know um, what our big plans are when we reveal them. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So you are in which social media you are more, more active, Twitter or what, what else? Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry. That was bad of me. Yes. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at Mina Gouli, M-I-N-A-G-U-L-I, mm -hmm. or on Instagram, mm -hmm. same, at Mina Gouli, M-I-N-A-G-U-L-I, or on Facebook at Mina Gouli Water, M-I-N-A-G-U-L-I. W-A-T-E-R. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, there are many, many places to find you. <laughs> and definitely I will be... Yes, uh, and please, Oscar, please follow because if you want to see stories, uh, mm. I can't tell you, it's big secret, but you will see there will be so many amazing stories and so much to share with you after the 22nd of March. So please mm. follow the journey. Absolutely. So I'll be participating in this next run. So. <laughs> and I hope many of the ones listening here and will do us as well. Again, it was Dude. a pleasure. It was a pleasure talking with you, Mina, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Do me a favor. Have you read my book, Rock the Tech Stage? please go to Amazon.com and leave me a review. I appreciate all your support. Keep shining and the next time... <laughs>